Hello and welcome to the next episode of the West Connect podcast where we help ensure that student athletes are successful on and off the field. Today I'm excited to have with me Noah Schlesinger. How are you today, Noah? Doing very well, Brian. Thank you. Pleased to be here. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And you are my first international um, guest from across the pond. So let's jump right into it. How did you end up at Wesleyan, given kind of where you grew up and, and your background there? Sure. Well, I, I'm, I'd say I'm a bit of a fake international, to be honest, because I was, I was born in New York City, but uh, to, a, to a, an English mother and American father. And I, I spent four years in Japan initially, uh, at the first four years of my life, leaving New York City at the age of six weeks old, and then went to elementary school, high school in the UK, uh, but I always had my eye on potentially going to college in the States. My dad um, was undergrad at Yale and, and he appreciated the system out there. So he encouraged me. I, I was a, a soccer player in high school and played, played soccer at Wesleyan. So he encouraged me to, to attend a couple of soccer camps in the U.S. in my junior year. So naturally, I went to attend the, the Yale soccer camp, which has been hosted at Wesleyan for, for, for quite a number of years. So that, that was my first taste of Wesleyan. And it was a it was a, a beautiful, a beautiful Wesleyan summer. And, and as soon as I went to soccer camp, I, I completely fell in love with the place. And then, you know, ultimately I, I applied in the US and in the UK and Wesleyan was one of my applications and yeah, I made the call and it felt like a bit of a bold leap, but never looked back. Yeah, I love that. And um, I love that they, you know, suckered you into a beautiful, Middletown, Connecticut summer <laughs> when winter was waiting for you or probably worse spring, but yeah, to be honest, I, I then went back to, to visit once I'd already accepted and it was a really dreary sp spring day. And I remember thinking, huh, <laughs> it's yeah. a little different. <laughs> uh, that's terrific. So uh, once you got on campus, um, what were you involved with in terms of, um, obviously you were on the soccer team, but were there other things um, that you did extracurricular wise to be engaged while you were there? Yeah, I mean, soccer was definitely the, you know, what I spent the bulk of my time doing. And it was, it was just a fantastic group of guys while I was there. My grade was, was a pretty big grade on the soccer team. Um, and we, we exceeded expectations, I think, to a degree, because there are a couple of walk-ons who turned out, one of them turned out to be an All-American. But um, I also, I was a member of SIU. So that was, that was kind of the other part of my time. And then Try, try to maintain an academically rigorous uh, lifestyle as well. And it, it looks like based on the pre-call and, and then when I'm looking at your profile here, you did something different every summer during undergrad. Can you talk us through kind of the decision-making process on where you decided to, to do your internships and, and how you, you know, ultimately secured those positions? Of course. So, um, trying to think back now I mean my, my my freshman summer I think I was I was probably a little bit a little bit homesick for the UK so so I made it my business to go to go back home and spend the summer in England uh, my mother had had been she, she'd been a, a waitress when she was younger and she she always pounded the the table on you got to get work experience in one of these service line industries uh, you know it, it'll be a real maturing process for you so I, I went sort of door to door all around restaurants in the neighborhood and got a, got a, got a waitering job at a, a four-star French restaurant. And ironically, the guy that hired me was fired the very next day. So it was a bit of a baptism of fire. 
but it was it was a real learning experience for me um in a, but that that was really the only summer internship or experience i had outside of the ultimate professional route i chose so in in my sophomore year i uh i took an internship at bank of new, new york mellon in their corporate finance department i hadn't actually been a finance major at wesleyan i was a, a psychology and spanish major who took a couple of econ courses on the side um but I, i'd always been interested in in numbers and um really learning more about what a career in finance meant. So following that internship, I actually studied abroad the next year in, in Buenos Aires, so, which for anyone who does that program, they'll know it kind of cuts your summer a little short. So I had to find a different kind of internship. So I actually worked as a, worked at NBC Sports at the London Olympics. And I was, I was a runner um, and, and backroom staff helping with the nightly news, which is an incredible experience. And then, um, you know, and then, and then it was time to graduate. And uh, I, I went back to the finance route, but for family reasons, I wanted to be in Boston, which is where I've been since the day I graduated uh, and really started work at, at US Trust, Bank of America Private Wealth Management right out of college. And, and do you recall, you know, how you were able to leverage certain networks or relationships to, to land that first job at US Trust? Yeah, and actually, even going further back, I'm not sure I mentioned this in the in the pre-conversation, but there was um, the Bank of New York internship. Uh, a Wesleyan alum, uh, John Burgess, who's still very connected to the school, he um, he he connected me with that position as a sophomore, uh, and so you know that was really helpful. I stayed in touch with John, and if I recall correctly, he pointed me in the direction of U.S. Trust, where I got connected with Bob Garty, who's another Wesleyan alum. And he was a regional managing director in, in the New England U.S. trust practice. Paul DeSanzo was also critical in connecting me with Bob. So, yeah, really, really leveraged Wesleyan to the extent I could. Yeah, and it's great to have, obviously, multiple touch points within one organization. That, that helps quite a bit. Um, and you were at U.S. trust for, it looks like, just over two years. Any kind of looking back on it now, thoughts or best practices that you use to kind of build relationships, build out your network within Boston, within the financial services industry um, that, you know, looking back on proved to be valuable and a good use of time? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, whether it's just my experience or, or worthwhile for others to take into account, I, I formed a really good group of friends in my own kind of peer group at US Trust. So there was, you know, I actually started a bowling league with two of my colleagues, one of whom Carmen Bosha was at, was at Wesleyan with me as well. Um, and, and we just became like a really tight knit group. We're all still in touch today. And actually when I moved to Bernstein, I followed a US trust colleague uh, named Tyler. And you know he was just telling me all these great things about Bernstein, nothing against US trust, but Bernstein was much more what I was looking to do. I, I was gonna be surrounded by, as it turned out, much more motivated, smart people there. Uh, so yeah, it, at that point in my career, it was very much the people around me on my level who, especially in a city like Boston, you know, you often end up kind of growing up with these people in, in the city, in the world of finance. I like that, that you started a, a bowling league. Um, and did you keep it up for a while? Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, given the, the, current situation, no one's bowling, but. No, but that, we actually started a, a website as well. So it's, it's called uh, ustba.strikingly.com. And it was the US Trust Bowling Association. Um, so we had everything from stats to a little bio on every player. We had, we had a waiting list of 10 to get into the league. It, it, was, a, it was a really good time. Sadly, I kind of had to, to hang up the, 
the cleats, as I'd say in soccer, when I moved to Bernstein, the workload was was a little heavier there. But it was it was a great time. So talk about that. I mean, Alliance Bernstein, um, maybe for some people on the call who aren't familiar, um, you know, huge asset management uh, company, very well established. Actually, just moved locations to my hometown, or you know, adopted hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. So very familiar with the organization. Really great firm. What made you decide to make that move? And, and how are you able to transition from you know, one firm to the other in the same city? Yeah, I think there's probably a moment, well, I would hope there's a moment in everyone's life where they, it suddenly hits them, you know, what one of their passions is in life that they can tie to the world of work. And it was again through this friend of mine, Tyler, he kind of introduced me to investing my own money, you know, my first paychecks when I was at US Trust and I absolutely fell in love with investing. Yeah, and again, it, it kind of harkened back to things I loved when I was in high school. It made a lot of sense. But, um, you know, U.S. trust, I was more on the legal side of the profession. So I, I worked with trust officers and attorneys to, to look at trust documents and all these things. And I, I knew I needed to, to move to somewhere that was more investment focused. Um, and, and Bernstein is, is, is renowned as a research firm and an investment management firm. So, you know, I, I knew as soon as I moved there, I'd be able to really just follow my passion every day. Um, you know, which is following the markets, keeping up to speed on current affairs, uh, but also deal with with people. And, and a big part of why I moved to Bernstein is I wanted to become a financial advisor at the firm. So I, I set myself effectively a five-year plan. And by year five, you know, I wanted to have my own book of clients and be able to do what I love best with those, with those people. And, you know, you've been able to steadily work your way up the rungs at Alliance Bernstein. Did you use any of those kind of networking relationship building skills that you developed undergrad and then um, at U.S. Trust since you've been at AB? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, I, I think everyone is aware that what you actually learn at undergrad certainly has tangible use in the, in, in you know, the real world, the world of work. But, it, but it's, you know, it's, it's more about the people you meet and the connections you make and the mentors you choose. And I think for me that the real, you know, the, the process of growth at Bernstein was attributable, you know, 75% to, to my mentors. And I think when you're looking at an organization, you need to look around and, and you need to know that there are people that are going to help you get to the next step and believe in you. Uh, and maybe, you know, it's, it's quite hard to decipher right off the bat, but, but I also think if, if you're, if you're somewhere where you don't feel that, it's, it's going to be difficult to achieve your goals. So yeah, I was able to become an advisor in, in three years in the end. And, um, you know, those same mentors, you know, from day one are still my mentors, except instead of being the managing director, they're now running the company, right? So it's, you kind of follow these, these lights. And maybe for edification purposes, for people listening who are interested in financial services or financial advisory, U.S. Trust and Alliance Bernstein are both really big companies with multiple verticals, internal groups, et cetera. Can you distinguish for us the difference between your work as a trust officer at U.S. Trust versus being more client-facing at Alliance Bernstein? Sure. So, yeah, it's funny. When I entered the world of finance, I had absolutely no idea, you know, all the different you know, segments within, within the industry, uh, and, th and there are countless. So, so even when I describe Alliance Bernstein to someone else in the investment management profession, that, that, you know, I have to give them an overview. So, you know, U.S. Trust was, was part of Bank of America, and you can think of Bank of America as checking every single box in the world of finance. So they have an investment banking division. 
they have a commercial and retail banking division, which is what most folks are more familiar with when you have a checking account or need a loan. They have an investment management division, where they, you know, which is where there are the portfolio managers picking stocks, analysts doing research. Uh, and then they have a trust division, which is le less, less common, I would say. It effectively means that they can oversee trusts, which are established for beneficiaries. So those trusts will be managed, invested by the investment managers, but they will also be governed by a certain legal instrument. And that legal instrument needs oversight by a trustee. So U.S. Trust was what was known as a corporate trustee. And as a trust administrative officer, I would basically partner with a trust officer to ensure that the, the document, the legal document, was complied with by beneficiaries and by the investment managers. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> maybe not the most glamorous position, but, you know, <laughs> that is, that is, you know, I know some folks at U.S. Trust, and that's a large part of their business of what they do um and and maybe you know contrast that with what does your day-to-day -day look like um currently at alliance bernstein and, and how has that role progressed over the last i think five years or so that you've been there yeah sure and you know one more thing i'd say about us trust i remember you know i took the job partly for geographic reasons and probably six months in i found myself a little bored and was having a bit of a post-grad crisis and i, I met a, a really good friend of my dad's for lunch who he had an immensely successful professional career in Boston at Ropes and Gray. And he, he basically said, what are you talking about? Like, this is a perfect resume builder that, you know, whatever you end up doing, this looks absolutely fantastic. You've joined this great institution. You're learning all these things. And it's only looking back that I can really appreciate that in my job today, because tying on that trust experience, it's actually very unique in my profession. There aren't that many people who, who have a, an investment understanding who also have a pretty deep trust understanding. So anyway, com coming to Bernstein, First, first, I finished my, my CFP, which is the Certified Financial Planner designation, which I began at US Trust. Uh, and, and immediately as an associate, I, I sort of realized I was stepping into this new echelon, you know, that you, 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 you could never sort of get your to-do list done for a day because there was just so much to do. The associate role I look back on as, as the perfect learning experience for, you know, more advanced roles in the firm because you had to do a bit of everything. So I was, I was talking to clients and building relationships probably 10, 25% of the time. I was doing mind-numbing administrative things for 25% of the time. I was doing pretty deep analysis when it came to wealth planning, wealth strategy, investment analysis for the other 50% of the time. Uh, all the while though, I, you know, I, I was aiming to become an advisor, which is what I do now. And now I spend about 50% of my time with clients, uh, probably about 25% of the time on business development, which I'm happy to go into more. And then 25% of the time really thinking strategically around these families I work with and what are their needs and how, how can I and how can Bernstein meet those needs? Because to, to be frank, it's quite a commodified industry. There are a lot of people doing what we do and everything is about differentiation, whether it's the business development or the strategy. You, 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 it, it doesn't really stop, but that's what I love about it. And I think um, you know, to, to, to climb the ladder in this profession, you certainly have to have a work ethic. You certainly have to have an ability to network, but you also have to have an insatiable curiosity for the capital markets uh, and, and a real desire to help people because at the end of the day, that's what this job comes down to. So along those lines, if somebody listening is interested in getting into the investment management financial advisory space, to your point earlier, there are a lot of groups out there. Um, it can be hard unless you're well-versed in the space to know the difference between, say, an Alliance Bernstein and U.S. Trust. 
Um, what are the right questions that people should be asking employers or if they're doing informational interviews with, with alums like yourself or, or if they work at different firms to figure out what the right place for them to go to is? Uh, you know, from the outside looking in, Alliance Bernstein is very entrepreneurial, very creative, very much a, a different uh, style to what is a much more conservative old school you know, US trust, but unless you're in the business, you don't really know. So it's a good way for people to kind of learn more about where they should be putting their efforts to match their personalities. Sure, it's a really good question. And I, I think the reality is part of it has to be learned on the job. There's just no way you can truly know what you're best at and, and what you should be doing, you know, by the time you hit 30 or whatever it might be, than, than by learning from experience. And some people are gonna have to go through two or three jobs before they figure that out, right? I had to go through US Trust to figure out that it was investments that I was focused on. But I would say that, you know, and I, I, I've done a lot of interviews at Bernstein, spoken to a lot of candidates for the associate and the advisor role. And as a quick plug here, I would say people should always feel free to reach out to me. You know, I, I'm always happy to make intros internally. Um, but, you know, there are people who enter the space, the financial world as analysts, right? You, I'm sure a lot of people interested have heard of their CFA, really getting deep into the numbers, deep into the analytics. Uh, maybe a little less interaction with, with human beings, especially at the outset. Uh, but there are people who love that and who, who just truly have that love for numbers and, and analysis. And, and for those folks, I do think the world of investment banking you know, may be appropriate. I, I do think re, a research analyst position, it, it's very hard to get one of those at Bernstein straight out of college, but there are smaller organizations where you can become a research analyst uh, within a bank or within an investment management firm. For, for those individuals who love dealing with people. You know, I said that before, I do think private wealth management is the perfect middle ground, but don't get me wrong to, to do well in private wealth management, you really need to have a love for capital markets and for finance. And, and by the way, I didn't have that when I graduated, but, but it, it became clear. And, you know, I won't mention names, but I've seen some of the brightest kids come into Bernstein and thankfully no one from Wesleyan at this point, but, and, and, and failed candidly because they just don't have a love for finance within two years, they still didn't know what a long-term capital gain was, you know, and it's, 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 an, it's a necessity. So, you know, as we wrap up here, um, any other advice that you would give to your freshman self, um, considering the, the line that you've taken or that you would impart to anybody else listening here that might be interested in, you know, working at Alliance Bernstein eventually, or just kind of curious about the financial advisory asset management business? Yeah, I mean, I, I have so much advice for my freshman self, but I'll try, I'll try and keep it confined to the question. Um, a lot of applicants are going to look the same. You know, a lot, we get a lot of applicants graduated from a great school, good GPA. It's a bit cliche, but, but what, what is going to differentiate you? And by the way, it doesn't have to be something on your resume. It could be a story that you pull on from your past. You know, it could be what, you know, what, what motivates you every morning, something really unique about what motivates you every morning. Um, because especially for folks, you know, I know the manager of our office interviews hundreds, hundreds maybe thousands of applicants in a year. How are you going to stick out? Um, and you know, I think that's a deeper conversation and, and it's very unique to the person because if you have to be yourself, but you know, no, no one cares that much about the fact that you were in you know, the investment club sophomore and junior year, unless 
you have a really good story to go alongside that. You know, what, what makes you love being part of that organization? Um, and yeah, for, for me, it's, it's, it's what, it, it's what drives you. What, you know, what, what is going to make you stand out? Cause as I say, it's not, you know, intelligence can only get you so far. And, and that, that becomes clear during an interview. If you are someone who can, who is unique and I'll say the liberal arts background, you know, we at Bernstein really appreciate that because it, it provides unique people who can actually learn really quickly is, is something we found. And it definitely, you know, I, I was able to learn pretty quickly despite not having an econ background. So I would also say for someone who's just curious, uh, you know, about the job, despite not having finance or econ on, on your resume, that, that's completely fine. I'm always happy to have conversations with those folks. Yeah, as somebody who is a College of Letters major, uh, who now is in the commercial real estate business, I have an affinity for people with that kind of background as well. I think that makes them, I don't know, a little bit more rounded um, and maybe, um, you know, seek different solutions and are, are um, more, more broadly versed in some of the reasoning behind the numbers themselves. Um, but in any event, uh, I always ask, I think I know the question since you're a very passionate alum, but is it all right if, if people reach out to you to connect, learn more about your story and potentially explore going into a similar path that you've taken? Of course, no, hundred percent. I, I, I guarantee a, a response, um, and, and hopefully more than that. So please, please feel free. Awesome. Well, Noah, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Of course, Brian. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care.